Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. Let's welcome our guest uh, tonight. Uh, we are inviting former players, those who paved the way before the current generation that we are seeing now and that's reaping the rewards of the hard work that's been done in the past few years. And uh, we are joined by one of the former players who is still involved as a coach now and head of the National Academy, Coach Dinesha Devnarain, joins us on the line just to look back at her career. Coach, good evening from us on SAFM. Thank you for being able to take our call tonight. Yeah, it's not a problem. Thank you so much for having me and good evening to yourself and all the listeners. Great to be speaking to you. Firstly, what have you made of the action so far in the T20 World Cup? Yeah, look, I think it's a good uh, it's a good world-class event. Uh, you can see that uh, the tournament is taking shape nicely for, for most countries. Uh, we've got a very important game tomorrow. Um, and yeah, we probably have to wait on a, a few results, but... Uh, yeah, I think it's good for just women's cricket in general. Um, I think getting spectators to fill the stadiums, um, now that it's now on grandstand 201, uh, 212, um, you know, it's it's really good for the game. Uh, but yeah, I think once we get into the, the knockout rounds, we can expect bigger crowds in and uh, hopefully the game takes off from there. Yeah, and are there any themes or patterns that you've picked up coach are there maybe the batters more aggressive i don't know the bowlers coming to the party or the spinners doing the business because we saw the success nongulila komlava had when she was opening the bowling against new zealand yeah look to be honest i think on the wickets we've been playing on it does look a little bit slow uh barring today's game with new zealand getting 180 it's been relatively modest totals uh the wicket does look like it's a bit slow and it's taking turn for the spinners but I do think as batters, uh, if they apply themselves well and if they, you know, if they can maintain a strike rate between 100 and 105 for the first 20 runs, I do believe batters like that, they can be match winners in the team. Uh, but yeah, the looks of it, it looks like uh, you want to probably bat first, put runs on the board uh, and try and defend that total. And I don't think it's a bad way to go. Uh, but yeah, hopefully tomorrow we get a, a good contest between Australia and South Africa. And um yeah, but at, at the moment, I think, yeah, you win the toss, let's get the runs on the board and let's defend it. I think that's the trend that's been set in so far. Well, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough clash against Australia tomorrow. I mean, they've been ruthless so far. And we, we saw the last match that they won by 10 wickets. They are the defending champions also. For you, what will be key in this game? We spoke to the coach yesterday. He just says that they need to be calm and make sure that they do the basics right. Yeah, look, I definitely agree with Coach Hilton. Uh, if I could add anything to that, I think uh, responsibility is a big one, yeah? Um, at the end of the day, whether you top order, middle order, whether you're taking the new ball or you're in the middle to death overs, uh, you want to take responsibility. Um, and I know the team will definitely have KPIs involved in terms of who bowls where. This is what we're looking to go for in this period. So the big thing for me, uh, look, I know we haven't beaten Australia before. I don't think it's impossible. Uh, and yes, they're looking to get they're looking better and better through the uh, the competition. But for me, I still believe if our players and our caliber of players, if they just take the responsibility in terms of doing the skill that they've been selected to be in the playing 11 for, uh, then I've got a good feeling about tomorrow. And which other teams have impressed you in, in this tournament? I see India um, have also had a good start despite um, not having the likes of Mitali Raj and Goswami anymore. Yeah, look, I think India is a redefined team now at the moment. Uh, they changed their brand of cricket in the last two years. They brought in youngsters. 
Uh, we know that the under-19s won the World Cup and two of those mm. players are now with the senior women's team. So they're a very young and exciting team. I think they're playing good cricket. Um, the other team, probably apart from Australia, that we need to look out for is England. Uh, they've been really dominant with the bat, uh, despite losing wickets. And uh, I know that that's a brand of cricket that they want to play as well. And I know how hungry they are to win the World Cup. So I think uh, if, if I could have it my way, South Africa, England... Australia and India in a semi-final, I think that's going to be a good contest for the top four to to try and win the um, the World Cup. And have the Proteas shown shown enough uh, that they can make the the semi-finals? What have you made of their performances so far? They lost the opener to Sri Lanka and bounced back with a convincing win against New Zealand. Yeah, look, if if we didn't win that convincingly against New Zealand, I would say we look like a tired team. But to be honest, to win like that there against a, a good T Twenty nation. Uh, I think is outstanding. Um, so, look, I, I know to the public's eye that they haven't showed that they do have the killer instinct. But um, if I look at the makeup of their team, we have about five or six match winners in the team. Uh, and when it comes to T20 cricket, you just need two or three to fire. And uh, you, can end, you can end up in a semifinal and anything can happen in the knockout rounds. I just believe that the girls just, like, like I said, I'll go back to what I said, just take that responsibility and accountability of... Uh, you know, you're representing your country. It's a home World Cup. Uh, you've got a job to do. Focus on whatever you need to focus on. Get your mind right. Be clear with your plans and go out there and execute. Uh, but I, I don't think they're playing their best cricket just yet. I think there's a glimpse of it in the New Zealand game. Uh, hopefully tomorrow we, we see a more clinical side from the Proteas. Are we able to judge so far after two games if they've been able to deal just with the pressure or the weight of expectations of playing a home World Cup? Yeah, look, I think it's it's always going to be a difficult one. I think you're always going to have pressure when you're in a World Cup. Uh, but yeah, I think there's added pressure now that it's a home World Cup. Uh, and there's always the emotion that you can't take out of the game. So when I say emotion now, we're surrounded by fans, family, friends. Now you're not going to another country and they're rooting for the other country. You know, people are rooting for you. Uh, and somehow I think that that ebbs them on. Ebbs them on. But I do think now that we've got the hang of it after the New Zealand game is that how beneficial that pressure can be to us, to our advantage. And I hope that it's used, utilized very well. Um, and yeah, I hope the people in PE show up for, for the game tomorrow. Yep, and it's a big one. And the coach was telling us yesterday that it's the first time they're playing at St. George's Park. So uh, we uh, people better go out there and support the team. I know the band will definitely be there, but yeah, we need people to to to, to go to the stadium and support. Like just like they did in the SA10 with the Sunrisers Eastern Cape. I mean, I was in PA during the tournament, and you could even see in the restaurants people who were wearing orange Sunrisers Eastern Cape uh, jerseys, and they really got behind that team. And even when they came back with the trophy, they were there at the airport, which was beautiful to see. So let's hope we get the same support for the Proteas women. We are speaking to a former Proteas player, um, all-rounder, and now 10 coach, Dinesha Devnarain. And after this short break, we are going to get into her career and find out more about her journey. 061-4104-107 is the number for voice notes, or you can call us on 86 Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. You're listening to Tabiso Mosea on the Station of the Year. Okay, still speaking to the coach. Coach, let's just find out a bit more about you now. Um, firstly, how was your experience of playing in a T20 World Cup? 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's definitely an, an occasion. I think uh, you can train as hard as you want. You can travel the world as much as you want. But when it comes to a World Cup, it's just a different feeling. And I don't think you can prepare yourself or any coach can prepare you for that except being in the event itself. But it's such a it's such an honorable tournament. Uh, I always think about singing the national anthem and you got your green and gold on and you just think about, you just have goosebumps the whole time, no matter how many times you sing it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that I'm proud of in my career. Uh, I had the privilege to say that I was part of a World Cup team. Um, yeah, and it's one of those moments you just, uh, you can't explain it because, um, you know, you've got to be in the moment to feel that. And uh, yeah, I think I'm just privileged by the fact that, that that's obviously happened in my career. But yeah, what a moment. Uh, it was definitely like a, a moment of blessing. Okay, by the way, the coach played in the 2009 Women's World uh, T20 World Cup in England, which was won by England. And I was reading this week, the convener of selectors, uh, Denise Reed, said at the time, you were actually the only new player in the setup. It was the bulk of the squad that had played at an ODI World Cup. And the, co- and the uh, convener was, was saying, Dinesh is a skilled all-rounder, balls very good slower balls, which in this form of the game is a necessity and can make an impact on our game. Where did you feel your game was at the time? To be honest, now, if I look at where international cricket is and my career as well, probably not to the standard that I would have liked, if I'm being really honest with myself. I was young, I was naive. Uh, women's cricket wasn't as as big as it was now. Uh, so, yeah, look, there is a bit of some regrets in terms of my playing career. I wish I had been educated a little bit better from a SNC point of view, uh, managing myself as a cricketer. Um, but, yeah, I suppose then you could just say, you know, remember the game wasn't professionalized then. Mm. So you're still juggling school, studies. Um, all that time it was university. Uh, you still have a part-time job and then you go to training. But now if I look at it, if I just devoted maybe 40% more of my time, I think I would have been uh, definitely a more impactful player. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe I still could have been playing by now. <laughs> yeah, because there's still a few survivors from that squad. Shabnim is still playing. Marizan Cup was also part of that squad, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And how, how would you say uh, the, the women's game has, involved, has evolved now, Coach? Because you talk about how things have changed over the years. Yeah, I think the biggest one is that it's becoming more professional. And when I say professional, I'm saying in the sense of uh, definitely from a financial point of view. Um, now you, you, you get commercial rights. I mean, the amount of money that's in the game now is uh, definitely like 500% better than it was back then. Uh, you know, you get stuff like match fees. Um, now clothes are tailor-made for you. Um, you know, the I think the media rights, it's such, it's such a big booster for the game because that's how the game expanded. If I tell you how much the women's game has got exposure over the last five to six years, it's been so, it's been so good to see because yes, you might. Okay, I retired in 2016, so I did have a glimpse of it. I was one of the contracted players. Uh, and then obviously I came to the decision to retire and, and get into coaching. But, uh, I mean, now you get uh, individualized sponsorships. Uh, you become ambassadors. You get endorsements. Uh, it's becoming very a lot like men's sport. I won't say there is equality in women in sport yet with uh, in, in cricket. But, uh, look, if you're asking for improvement, I mean, it's massive strides that's been done. And I just think if girls keep playing or women keep playing the sport as much as they are now and they push the benchmarks further, I, I do believe more corporates 
um, from the private sector will get involved and, you know, it will get to a stage because I think uh, that's where Australia and New Zealand's got it right, where whatever the men gets, the, the female get. Um, so hopefully, you know, this is a good time, I think, for us as South Africans as well. We've got an opportunity to win a World Cup here. Uh, let's invest not just only at the top, but, you know, we've got to invest downwards as well for the development of the game. And where does your love for the game come from and when did you start playing and where? Yeah, so I actually was born in Springs. Uh, so that's in Kauteng. Um, and I was, yeah, I was seven years old and there was a World Cup, a 1999 World Cup. And I asked my dad, what's the sport? And he says, it's cricket. And then I just asked him, like, do, do like girls or women play cricket? And he was unsure. So he probably said no. But there was this hype about this, this World Cup. You know, we kept watching it. I kept learning about it. I just got fascinated with the game. So we didn't have equipment. We didn't have a cricket bat or a tennis ball. I was actually a soccer lover. I used to just play with all the boys. <laughs> and we used to have six-a-side tournaments and we'll play soccer the whole time. Um, but there was a carpenter next to our house. And I went over to him and I just said, just take this piece of wood and carve me out a bat. Um, and then that's how it started. It started with backyard cricket. We had uh, our dustbins as wickets and we taped up. Uh, it wasn't even a tennis ball. I don't know. It was a round object, which we just taped up. And that's how the love of the game started. Um, yeah. And I was a typical kid that back then, if um, I got out, I'll obviously say I wasn't out. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just wanted to bowl all the boys out. So that was something that I, I enjoyed. And then I moved to Durban the next year in KwaZulu-Natal. And my dad did some scouting and stuff. And uh, he actually met Trisha Chetty's dad. Oh, wow. And so Trisha Chetty and myself, we schooled together from primary school. Um, yeah, we went to separate high schools, but we played KZN under 19 all the years, the women's side. So we've actually have a, we have a very, very long friendship, uh, which started with cricket. Uh, and yeah, and that's how I... I got into cricket and, uh, yeah, look, I have no regrets. I think uh, sometimes now and then I do miss soccer, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, cricket's definitely got my heart. And and then how was the support from the family then when they realized that you were playing a lot of cricket? Yeah, I think at first it was uh, odd. Uh, look, I have two older brothers and, and they enjoyed it, but very socially. Uh, and then my dad and Tisha's dad obviously got together and they said, let's put the girls in a club. Uh, let's let them play against women and see where they are. And uh, I think I was the leading bowler for the season when we started and Tisha was the leading run scorer. And, you know, that's how it happened in terms of making it fun. And my dad said, I think you should pursue this. I can see how much you love it. Uh, my mom is not a sports person, but she is now. You can imagine like 20 years involved in the sport. Um, and yeah, look, they've been so supportive of me in everything that I did with cricket. The, the cricket, the only thing my dad asked me to do was just make sure that you study. So mm. I did get a bursary at UKZN. I studied, um, I got the degree. Uh, I even studied further than that. And I don't know, I just can't stop myself or not find myself on a cricket field. Um, but yeah, my family has been amazing to me and you know, I should thank God for that. And I'm very blessed, actually, because in the Indian community, for a girl at that time to play a male-dominated sport was looked down upon. Um, and, you know, every Indian parent wants you to either be a doctor, lawyer, or an accountant. 
Um, so I did meet my dad halfway and I did study accountancy. Uh, I got a BCom degree in accounting, but um, he's late now. So it's he passed away in 2010. And, you know, before that phase, as he says, you know, just follow your heart. Um, society will only believe what they want and what's in front of them. But you have the heart and the soul to to follow your dreams and, and change how the, the community thinks. And yeah, I think at the moment now, like I'm one of the most respected people in the community and in, in KZN, which I admire or I like because you have influence over other people's lives. Um, and we all talk about being authentic and, you know, following your dreams. So it's it's actually a really nice platform to to give back and to make sure that whoever comes under your care is that, you know, they, they, they become a better version of themselves. And and what what were the pathways then of going into the national team at the time? And at which stage did you realize that you could actually go far with cricket and you could even make the national team? To be honest, when I played KZN in schools cricket, so high schools cricket, I still, like I really enjoyed the sport, but I didn't at the time believe that I was good enough to play for the country. But I enjoyed the sport so much that I always wanted to try and get better at what I did. And then my final, yeah, it was after my matric year. So 2008, I had a, a really good season at KZN. And I actually got, I was actually watching Issy versus India at Kingsmead. It was a men's game. And I got a call from the selectors to say, uh, you know, we want to select you for an upcoming series. It was actually World Cup qualifiers. And I like froze. Yeah, I froze for like two minutes. And <laughs> I said, are you sure you got the right person? And it was it was a little bit funny, but it was an out-of-body experience. And yeah, in, in two months after that day, I was in Stellenbosch making my debut against against Ireland. Um, but yeah, I, I think at that point, I wanted it really, really a lot. Like I really wanted it to be successful and I worked really hard. Probably in that phase of my career, I worked too hard where I had a stress fracture on my on my back because I actually started off as an opening bowler uh, oh. and I was really quick at the time. Uh, and it was actually me and Shibnam opening the bowling. And then I just worked hard. But like I said, lack of knowledge with SNC and, you know, the knowledge that we know now as athletes is a lot different to what it was back then. And I couldn't reach the pace that I wanted to. So I became like a medium pace bowler. And then, um, yeah, I, I actually left cricket, not officially retired in, in 2015. Um, I went through a bad patch in my life. I lost a lot of people that was close to me uh, in 2013, sorry. And then somehow I got back into cricket. I had no intention of going back to South African cricket. And for KZN Women, I think I was a leading run scorer. Um, and it's weird. I started off my career or made my debut as an opening bowler. And then I come back into the team as a, as a number three batter that bowls offspin. <laughs> so <laughs> it was quite a funny journey. But then, yeah, I think end of 2016, it was my last series against Australia. And I just knew that I was destined for something else. Um, and I just felt like I wanted to do something for the system. I wanted to do something for the country. Um, and I think, you know, the older you get and probably, you know, your philosophy will change in life mm. as it does each year. But I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, I have love for the people. Um, I just want to see people do something with their lives and, and be better human beings. And I think I could have done that through coaching. And now 
you know, I know it's cliche and, and there's a quote that goes around like, you know, do what you love so that you never work a day in your life. Uh, I, I never really understood that until I started coaching. Um, I woke, I wake up with so much of gratitude and I go to bed with so much of satisfaction that, uh, you know, um, I think God's been good to me. And like I said, there might be some regrets for my playing journey as a, as a player, but this coaching, this coaching decision will never be a regret. I don't think you'll get paid as much as you'd like, or you might not reap the awards, the rewards as much as you like, but I'm okay with being behind the scenes. I'm okay with creating the future for South African women's cricket. And, and that's where my heart lies now. Like I, I, I talk to you with such pride right now because I mean, at the moment I'm coaching our youth, mm. I'm coaching our future stars and there's no biggest, there's no bigger blessing than that day because the influence you have on their life now impacts them as athletes in the future. And, and, you know, I'm privileged and I'm honored to be the, the head coach of the South African under 19 team. And before we go in, we, we, we go into that conversation, just now you've mentioned you were a fast bowler when you started out. Who would have been some of your idols then at the time? Who would you have looked up to? Because I can only think of one big fast bowler in that 1999 World Cup squad. <laughs> to be honest, from the time I saw it at the Under-19 World Cup, I said I want to bowl like this guy and bat like him, and that was Lance Klusner. Oh, wow. And I... I promise you, I had his action for like six years. Uh, and then obviously through coaching and stuff, that refined. But my first six, six years of hardball cricket, I had exactly like Lance Kuzner. <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak Zulu also? <laughs> exactly. And I'm from KZN, so my Zulu isn't that bad. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'm sure you're still hurting after that run out with Alan Donald in 1999. I'm sad for you that well, that was one of your first memories of cricket. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I want you to play so we could win a World Cup. <laughs> ah, brilliant, brilliant. For those who just joining us, we're speaking to a former Proteus all-rounder, now 10th coach and head of the National Academy, Coach Dinesha Devnarine. You you have two huge roles now, Dinesha. How do you how do you describe these roles and um, are they do, do, do they align are they different roles how do you approach them yeah look it's it's a very pivotal pivotal uh position in south african women's cricket um you're taking our youngsters from school to which is ideal technically our future stars and then i got high performance women which is the bridge between proteas and the sian 19s or provincial cricket so I've got two squads. So I work with SN19 very closely. We we're just part of a World Cup. And then I work with the high-performance ladies. So someone like Annika Bosch, Anari Dirks, and Dalmi Tucker that's in the protest team came out of my my program oh. at, at National Academy. Nice. Um, a lot of, lot of Goodall was there. Tasman Brits was there as well. So it is a massive, massive pro- program. It's the feeder for the Momentum Proteas. Um, so yes, in a sense that they are intertwined, what I like about my environment is that the culture remains the same and the brand of cricket that uh, that we play remains the same. So regardless of your age group, this is what we stand for as a unit. This is our purpose. This is our vision. This is how we go about our business. And this is the type of cricket we want to play. Um, so yeah, it's really, really two important roles that is interlinked with each other. Uh, now at the moment, um, we will have a national academy this year as well. So our exiting under 19 players, there's six of them that just finished matrix, they fall into national academy. So there is a transition program from under 19s into national academy and then into high performance women. 
And then ultimately, everyone wants to be a protea. So technically, my job is molding players to lift up a World Cup. Um, so yeah, I would like to think that it's a very, very pivotal and crucial job. Um, but yeah, with responsibility comes, um, you know, um, with responsibility comes accountability. And you've got to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing the best for South African women's cricket. And and talking about the under-19s, I, I remember that World Cup, some of the matches played in Pinoni and in Porch recently. There were a couple of names that stood out. How is the talent there in that under-19s? I remember Kyla Reineke got a couple of runs, got a few runs. Madison Landsman took the hat-trick also. Um, and there was the captain, Oluse Sio and, and Karabo also. Just how is the talent there in that under-19 team? Look, if, if I tell you there's, there's one thing that we're not short of, it's talent. That that I can promise you. Um I don't think the system is designed for them to grow as much as I'd like them to. Um, I would like to obviously see a stronger under 19 structure in the school system, which allows them to play more cricket before they get into senior women's. Uh, but unfortunately, the system doesn't allow that. So majority of them do play in senior women's. Um, but yeah, when it comes to talent, I think if these girls are looked after and if they taken, if they put the, get the right interventions in place and that there's a succession plan for them, um, I don't think, uh, you know, South Africa will be very far off from the top three in the world and dominating world cricket because these girls, great cricketing brains, uh, so like respectful and mannerisms are so good. And, you know, that's something that's often overlooked when it comes to professional athletes. Uh, but just the way they carry themselves out, their work ethic is commendable. Um and they just they just want to get better all the time. And I think if you have a mindset like that, they, uh, no one can beat you because they just they just never want to give up. And at the moment, what are the pathways then, uh, coach, for, for, for young girls that want to play cricket and obviously want to make it up to the top? And also, what advice do you have for young players? Yeah, I think uh, the thing is, if you don't know, please ask. So each, you, uh, each province has a, a cricket union. Make sure you get into contact with the cricket union and each cricket union has their own rules and regulations. But each cricket union has club cricket, which is any age group, any age can play there. Uh, some provinces have school leagues, primary school and high school leagues. Um, and then you make your way into, I know that the under 13 national week is regionalized. Uh, under 16 national week uh, for your province, you get under 19 national week. So there is lots of systems to get involved. I think um, the main thing is that if you do want to get involved in the sport, even if it's just for fun and you want to try it out, please make sure you get into contact with someone that is involved in cricket, that knows the system, or you can just contact uh, the local or your provincial cricket union and they should give you guidance in terms of which club is closest to you or which school plays cricket and get involved because it's a sport that just, it doesn't just teach you how to be competitive on the field. There's so much values you can learn from team sports. And um, and that's something you take with in life. So whether you become a pro or not, it's irrelevant. I think the values you learn from mm. from team sports is something that's really special that, that helps you and aids you in life. Okay, and just finally, Coach, as we wrap up, what message uh, do you have for, for maybe parents who are listening to us tonight and they've got girls who want to play cricket but they're not sure if it's the right career path? Yeah, I think... With with anything, not just in sport, there is going to be doubt. 
and there is going to be like, but what if this, what if that? Um, I think, you know, there's no harm in trying it. I mean, we can always play cricket socially. And if you can see that your kid or, you know, the, the, the child that you're looking after for is is passionate about it, is really excited about it, pursue it. Um, you know, at the moment, cricket is professionalized now. Uh, I think what the girls are getting now is not going to be what it's going to be in five years from now. I think the under-19s is in a pivotal situation because the game is growing so largely uh, that the world can't ignore it. Cricket South Africa can't ignore it where the, the amount of money that's invested in women's cricket is insane. So look, with that doesn't just come, yes, everyone wants to be successful in life financially. But being a professional athlete comes with discipline, commitment, and a lot of sacrifices. But all I'm saying is now, especially the younger girls, get them involved, see if there's a love for it, see if that's something that they want to do and pursue it. Because, I mean, that's how my journey started. I didn't start thinking I want to be a protea. I first fell in love with the game. I enjoyed my friends on the field, whether we won, whether we lost. And then from that, I got the biggest privilege to represent your country and, uh, it's through cricket that I, I obviously have food on the table today. So it is definitely an avenue to think about. Wonderful to hear, Coach. And we uh, that's why we wanted to bring you on. Just highlight what you've done, share it with our listeners, give you the respect that you deserve, and just thank you for paving the way uh, for the cricketers that we are seeing now playing in a home T20 World Cup. And I'm glad to 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 hear that you still and know that you're still involved in the game and you are also uh, helping the next generation of cricketers. And we need all this knowledge that we can get. We've got one oh, one voice note before we go. Denisha, thank you for such a brilliant interview. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you. It's Kaz and Durban. Okay, thanks, Kaz. That was wonderful. Um, we should have ended with that. But thanks, Coach, for taking our call and um, and all the best going forward with you with your journey, with your with your coaching journey and the players that you're trying to bring up. Only a pleasure. God bless. Take care of yourself. Thanks. And not only players, the woman that she's also raising, because as a coach, you also become a parent. And, and like she said, I mean, that's also another big part of the job, just raising a young girls there who have a passion for sport. So Coach Dinesha Devnarain was our guest tonight on Flashback Fridays on SAFM Spot On. We're going to take a break and we're going to end by looking back at the Proteas men's squad that was announced, test squad that was announced today for the upcoming uh, test series against the West Indies.